Well, we've been cranking through these podcasts. Thank you for listening, as always, to the Tony D Podcast. Carb day from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Went outside and uh, sat outside the gate a little bit. Listened to the cars. You could see the video screen. Lots of people out there. Um, it was sad. It was ha- It was like a- what I like about IndyCar and why it's my passion in the 500 is I, I experience every emotion. I've been happy. I've been sad. I've been disappointed. I've been angry. I've been... Uh, everything, all the emotions, all the senses. That's why I love it so much. And, and I felt that again, cause obviously carb day, one of my, probably my second favorite day of the year behind race day. And then like Thanksgiving, my birthday and Christmas. Uh, but that's the way that that goes down. So if you are heading down to the speedway coming up on Sunday for the race, enjoy it. Uh, please stay socially distanced. Please wear your damn mask and, uh, we'll keep rolling from there. The final practice took place. Patricio Award, Pato Award, the fastest. Oliver Askey right there in fifth was a good run for him as well. Um, I know a lot of you are going to bet. If you do bet and you do not have an account with BetMGM, please, please let me know. I will get you a 100% deposit match, which is better than the bet $1, get 100 even though you think, oh, I'm only betting $1 to get 100 uh, we'll get you a match on up to $1,000. So if you're a big better or you want to put some money in there for the first time, um, it's a good app. I've partnered with a, uh, a middle company that is with BetMGM to do some promotional work. So uh, I'll help you. You help me. We'll have a great time. Um, how do we want to break down this race? Look, you're going to have to be up front most of the day. It's going to be hard to get through the pack. Um, and it's going to be important to have teammates that's why I kind of like Red Carpenter and Connor Daly are. They've got Renus up front. Um, Connor and Ed can work together as much as they can, obviously, to get up to the front. As well as, you know, with Pagano and Will Power and Elio towards the back of the field. We're going to see how Honda's fuel mileage stacks up against Chevy. Um, my guess is down the stretch, it's going to come down to Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, Takuma Sato, Joseph Newgarden, Ed Carpenter, Connor Daly, Ryan Hunter Ray. With that being said, uh, here are some guys that I am fading that I do not believe will win Sunday's Indianapolis 500. First is Marco Andretti. It would be an incredible story. Um, it would be awesome for Marco to win. How we saw the support for him um, and just the uh, the headlines that 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 came after and Andretti put on the pole at Indy. However, what I saw in practice today with the problems, uh, Marco is a fade for me to win the race. My second fade is Colton Herta. Did not have a good practice on Friday in carb day. Um, basically a rookie in this race. Only only completed, what, eight laps last year. I think it was actually six. And that yellow came out on lap eight once he stopped on the, uh, the north end of the track. Uh, James Hinchcliffe. Uh, it's just so tough as a one-off um, or, or or a team that's kind of put together. Yes, they've had other races. And, and honestly, you could put Connor Daly in his boat as well. Um, but but Connor's also the third car on a team as to where Hinch is, you could say, fifth or sixth. Um, Hinch just outside of, uh, was he third or fourth in 2016? Hinch just hasn't had a good, good time at the track whatsoever. So I love James Hinchcliffe, but he's a fade for me. Will Power is a fade. Um, we've seen aggressive moves out of him, and we've also seen a lot of screw-ups in the pits. So 
so he's going to be a fade. And honestly, Ryan Hunter-Ray, I know people think that he can win it again, but um, he's had some really, really bad luck at the Speedway since winning back in 2014. So Ryan Hunter-Ray is a fade for me. Who am I definitely going to bet? Scott Dixon, duh. Um, top three in practice on the final practice, starts second, the greatest driver of all time, was on my podcast this week. Uh, the coolest cat you've ever met. Why wouldn't you bet Scott Dixon? Yeah, he's the odds-on favorite at about 4.5 to 1, depending on where you're getting your odds. Um, Takuma Sato, I think he's around 13 or 14 to 1. If he doesn't make any crazy moves going in the one and he just stays focused, that dude is one of the best at Indy, and you know he will go for it. So it's kind of feast or famine for Sato. But third last year, won it in 2017. Um, would not be surprised if Sato wins coming up on Sunday, giving uh, Ray Hall and Atlantic and Racing their second Indianapolis 500 win and their first since Buddy Rice back in 2004. Simon Pagano, his him and Elio's car look great in practice. Yeah, they're starting towards the back, but you know strategy, great pit stops. Simon knows how to get it done. Elio knows how to get it done. Um, I like Simon to come from the back and find his way up to the front. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, not the best results at Indy, but not awful results either. He's 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 consistently inside that top three, top eight um, the last couple of years. And obviously with the Penske car underneath you, the defending IndyCar champion, uh, Joseph Newgarden is definitely somebody to put some coin on. Eight, nine to one, somewhere in there along with Rossi. Um, and then Ed Carpenter. If Ed Carpenter wins or if, if Ed Carpenter or Connor Daly are leading with 10 laps to go, my ass is getting in the car. If it's Ed stopping the gas station or stopping at a grocery store to get some buttermilk and I'm driving out and I will be outside the fence, Ed, I will text him. Hey, I'm outside the fence. I've got buttermilk. Get your ass out here with that wreath on and let's chug this together um, as I shed happy tears because, as we know, I've talked about this, my top two rate, my top two sports things would be the Pacers winning the championship and Ed Carpenter to win the Indianapolis 500. Would it be awesome to see Rossi? Would it be awesome to see Connor? Those are my, you know, I, I'm cheering for everybody. I mean, I just want to see a good race, everybody uh, get back safely. Dark horses. Quietly all year. Quietly consistent all month. On my podcast last week, we talked about it. Marcus Erickson. He was he was a guest on the Tony D podcast last week. Marcus Erickson is a guy that um, has been fast, top ten again in that final practice. Good pit stops. You know, made a mistake yes last year on pit road, so you obviously can't do that. But Marcus Erickson is a dark horse. Connor Daly has mentioned. How about a guy on a big team that doesn't get talked about, gets overlooked? I don't think he'll win it because it's so hard to win your first ever race at the 500, which my four dark horses have never won a race before. Uh, but Zach Veach uh, said he has the best car that he's ever had at the Speedway. He's he's right on the verge of, are they going to bring him back? Are they not? So a mega result at Indy would go a long way for a hungry Zach Veach. Obviously, that'd be huge for GameBridge, the title sponsor of the 500. And an Andretti car. Look for Veach to, to, to possibly score a top 10. That would be big. Uh, and and Patricio Award. I had lunch with his uh, spotter yesterday. He said, "Look, we got we found something. We think we got a fast car." And we saw in the last practice of Carb Day, fastest. Um, you know, he'd be P two right now in points if it wasn't for that mistake at Iowa. And I obviously you finished second at the road course up in Elkhart Lake. So uh, those are my picks. Looking forward to the race. We've got pools. I just opened up a pool number four. So thank you for uh, filling those. 
As we continue on race week here, getting ready for the 104th Indianapolis 500 on Sunday. One of my favorite guys to talk to in the month of May, and even though it's August, uh, it's still all things Indianapolis 500 with our friend Derek Daly. Derek, thanks for the time. Hey, Tony. Good to chat. You know, you've kind of led the charge on this every time we've had a conversation in the last couple of years, how important it is for American drivers to have success at the Speedway. And it's hard to argue that the number one person, number one driver to have success to bring new eyes to the sport is Marco Andretti. And now he's qualified on the pole for the Indy 500. How big is this, not only for Marco's career, but how big is this for the sport itself? The greatest marketing platform that could have happened out of qualifying was Marco being number one. And I have said it for years and years, American driver, yes, but I've also said it on, on race mornings, if Marco could win this race, it would be a huge boost of credibility to the IndyCar series and the Indy 500, because let's face it, it's waned in its interest in recent years. And we need something to grab the general public back again. And the magical Andretti name uh, is probably the number one hook mm -hmm. to do that. And we're already halfway there. Do you think with there being no fans, um, the blackout being lifted and the TV number being as massive as what people think that it's going to be, that this could be the perfect storm for Marco to win not only from a racing standpoint on his end, but a marketing standpoint for the sport. We don't know that. That's mm -hmm. the beauty of IndyCar racing. However, if it does happen, it will be the greatest payback for Roger Penske's perseverance uh, and all the checks he's written since he bought the Speedway mm -hmm. and, and, and the mess he's had to deal with. Uh, over and above any of his cars winning, uh, over and above uh, Joseph Newgarden. Uh, yes, he's a champion. He's young. He's the future of the sport. Marco outstrips everybody because of that magical name. They automatically believe it must be big if an Andretti is fast. Would you say that Elio Castroneves picking up his fourth win would be the second biggest storyline? Yeah. No, I think a bigger one would be if one of these rookies mm -hmm. uh, can make it bigger. Uh, I mean, Elio, Elio was big. This is how quickly this changes, Tony. Elio was big two years ago. Mm -hmm. He's not big today. He's, he's not in IndyCar racing anymore. He's a, he's a guest performer in IndyCar. We already know that he won't be here next year. Well, that's, that's what the rumor is. Mm -hmm. So... I think that will be a throwaway line if he manages to win it. I think a rookie winning it would be even bigger, particularly, you know, VK or Palou. You know, you got, you got the Netherlands, Ari Leindijk's country, and Spain covered. Uh, and, of course, if Alonso runs well, I mean, mm -hmm. Alonso will be another global story like, like Marco Andretti. What have you thought about Fernando Alonso coming back last year, doesn't make the field this year, has struggled? another incident is it just the fact that he maybe doesn't prepare for this race as much as what the other 32 drivers do no i can't really say that um i just wonder i just wonder are, are, 
if you have a conversation with Mario Andretti, he will tell you discipline and never, never um, doubt what your a-hole is telling you. <laughs> and someone like an Alonso, as good as he is and as good as he knows he is and as talented as he knows he is, I wonder when the car gets to a certain limit, does he believe he can push it more? And you only have to do it a little bit in a place like this, as Dixon found out, um, you know, to go over the limit. But um, I think Alonso will struggle. I just, I, I think once you have a crash to the magnitude where they have to rebuild a car, it's almost impossible to get back to a car as good as that was built for months and months and months leading up to these. Because all these legitimate front runners at Indy, they all spend, all the teams spend months and months perfecting and massaging and making these cars perfect as they can to go through the air to try and be, you know, a hundredth of a mile an hour faster. Derek Daly with us on the Tony D podcast. It doesn't happen often. How difficult is it to repeat and go back to back and win the Indy 500 in consecutive years like Simon Pagenaud will try to do on Sunday? I think it's much more difficult in the day of spec car racing. Mm -hmm. What spec car racing is, everybody has the same car. And so, so it, it has become much more difficult because the field is so much closer and so much has to go right. However, if you think about the premium that, that, that spec car racing now draws to the fore, the premiums are minimize mistakes. Can he minimize mistakes? Yes. We all know he can. Um, spec car teams that are successful and, and, and sustain success can perform better in the pit lane, in in-laps, in out-laps, on starts and restarts. So all the small things have to come together. So yes, he could do it, but I think it's doubtful and it's much more difficult these days than it was in the past. Derek Daly with us. Uh, you've, you've seen it up close and personal. What have been your thoughts on the new aero screen? I don't like it. Mm. I'm not a fan of it. I think at a certain angle from the side, yeah, there's a coolness to it. From the front, it just looks awkward. From the front three-quarter front, uh, it looks more than awkward. I think it's too high at the front. and I, And I think this... Um, you know, unintended consequences of, of the oven that it creates inside for drivers is unfortunate. So I completely understand why it was put on there. But now I see mechanics climbing over the top of it, awkwardly trying to tie a driver in, trying to tie up a seatbelt. Another mechanic trying to lean in over, trying to disconnect the umbilical cord, which feeds all the data. So I, I, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I wish there was another way to do it. Formula One, their way is actually pretty good now that we've all become used to it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a major branding issue now because now the driver has disappeared. Mm -hmm. The driver with a recognizable helmet that you knew, or oh, there's Mario, or there's the old days of Eddie Cheever, or there's a driver that's recognizable. Now I think it's brought an un another unintended consequence of branding branding has become 
you know, it's it sort of disappeared. You don't, you know, you know, there's there's no color schemes to drivers or branding of a helmet that you recognize anymore. And I think that's another problem of the windscreen. What have your thoughts been so far uh, with, with your son? It's been a been a pretty good year for him. His first career poll came at Iowa, mixing it up with two different teams, but a really good opportunity on Sunday again to prove that he deserves to be in this series full time. And that awesome looking number forty seven. U.S. Air Force Chevy for Ed Carpenter Racing. And it is an awesome looking car. I just think it is the best looking car on the grid this year. Um, he's had a good, uh, I was going to say good month of May so far. <laughs> but, but I mean, he's, he's had a good week. At P9 in the first session, he was P4 in the second. He was P2 uh, on um, the last day on, on Friday and, and P5 yesterday. So in general, he's, he's fast and he's there or thereabouts. You know, he's working on consistency. The car, uh, you know, after a 10-lap run, you know, gets difficult to handle. It, it, it's a common trait with, with lots of these people, lots of, lots of drivers. But um, he's there or thereabouts. If, if he can get track position, and, it, and again, spec cars, spec car racing, track position is so vital if he can get track position and hang on to those front runners um i see no reason why he's not going to be there or thereabouts and when you're there or thereabouts you never know with indy what can happen you know we, we talk about some of the drivers that have won in the past uh takuma sato very impressive in qualifying got one hell of a draw as did all of the ray hall ray hall letterman lanigan cars uh, when you look at that stable you've got a hungry spencer piggott trying to prove that he deserves to be back in, a, in, a, in the spot full-time. Graham Rahal, obviously the name there, the son of champion Bobby Rahal, and then Takuma Sato. Tell me your thoughts on, on the Rahal boys heading into Sunday, and, and who do you think has the best chance out of those three? Isn't it strange that teams, Tony, build what they consider to be identical cars when they go to the Speedway? And yet Sato, from every lap that I've seen him run, he has the most stable car of the three cars in that team. Uh -huh. Graham has the most unstable car. And, and Piggott is somewhere in the middle. Uh, amazingly, Graham's car, he struggles. And we've we watched it on television. On, uh, we watched it on NBC Gold. Um, you know, he has struggled. You see the same with Andretti. Um, you know, Andretti builds six cars. They're all pretty good. But I think Marcos is the best. Do you remember when Munoz was on the front row? With Andretti, he oh. had the best car. Every single day he ran, his was the best car. And you asked the team why? We don't know. Everything that we can measure is exactly the same. So when you look at Ray Hall's cars, I think Sato is going to be a front runner if, if, if he doesn't overdo it, which he has a tendency to do. I think Graham is going to struggle. I think after 10 laps, Graham is going to be in this understeer, oversteer situation again. And I think... Piggott, he is an interesting case. I've known him since he was a little boy, four, five, six years of age. I've known his dad since the 70s. We raced against each other in Formula Fords in England. So I'm really familiar with all his success in the junior series coming up. He is, to me, he is a bit of a dark horse for, for, mm -hmm. uh, for success on Sunday because his car has been fast in differing conditions, uh, even, you know, in qualifying, it's been fast. So I see him as a, you know, a legit top 10 runner all day. 
and a potential good top three, four, five guy. Well, I was going to ask you uh, who could be a dark horse on Sunday. You just gave us Spencer Pickett. Anybody else come to mind? Maybe somebody that's flying under the radar that has a chance to uh, at least finish inside of the top five. Yeah, I mean, are we are we going to go out on a limb and say a Penske driver could be a dark horse? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe what Penske, what happened to him. I mean, they have the finest equipment, the biggest budget, the finest people, the finest engineers, the finest of everything. They came here and struggled. How do you explain that, Tony? Explain that to me. <laughs> it's about it's it's almost as baffling as 1995. Right. And I did the television broadcast all through 1995. And we watched the embarrassment of Roger Penske not even getting a racing car into the field with drivers like Alan Sir Jr. and Emerson Fittipaldi. And that's the interesting thing about the Speedway. You can come here. You can have all your numbers written. But you never quite know till you go out and see how your cars perform. And quite frankly, I, I don't see I don't see the performance suddenly changing on the Penske cars. They might take a risk with one car, but the problem is when you take a risk, you you you, you the, the the change can be so dramatic it it can give you more trouble than the trouble you already know you have to handle. So teams aren't apt these days to completely change the setup and go into, go into race weekend. But, but one of the Penske's, and I don't think it'll be power, uh, and, and I'm not sure it'll be uh, Castro Neves, so it might be Joseph Arpaggino, you know, through strategy, if nothing else, will find their way into the top 10. But, but another, uh, I'm looking through the list here now for, for a dark horse. I mean, is Pato Award a dark horse? I don't know. Is, 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 is Ed Carpenter, is Connor a dark horse? Probably they're sort of in that mold, if you like. But I'm going to be most interested to watch Arena's VK. Mm. He's very quick, very talented. And of the three ECR cars, his has been the best every day. His has been the most consistent. He hasn't had issues. He hasn't complained. They just kept filling with fuel and said, go run the tires off this thing. So I'm really interested to see, can he stay mistake-free, under pressure, and what can he produce? You know, for a 19-year-old kid. He's a kid. He's a kid. That's all he is, 19. Derek, before we let you go, you've been out to the Speedway. You've seen a lot of the uh, changes Roger Penske has made. Uh, since taking ownership earlier this year. Uh, just your thoughts walking around the facility and all the changes that we've seen. I'm so pleased Roger owns it. Um, everybody knows, you know, the Penske perfect way. The reason he does that, I believe, is when when people around him see his team rise to that level, everybody else says, I need to raise my game. And so I, I only see great things as we go forward for the Speedway. I just want to see the series now begin to grow. Branded drivers begin to get recognized. Success like at the Indy 500 be revered like it was in years past. And, and, and the rising tide of Roger Penske to lift all the boats to a new level that we haven't seen for years. And Roger's the man who will do that because his heart is in it, Tony, mm -hmm. not just not his checkbook. 
His heart goes first and it drags the checkbook along with it. The checkbook doesn't go first and he goes along for the ride. Absolutely not. His heart is in that, is in this, which is why everybody totally supports everything he does. I know you got a website. Where can people find you? And uh, go ahead and plug your Twitter handle as well. Very simple, DerekDaily.com. Uh, Twitter is DerekDaily500.com. So easy to get. I appreciate it, Derek. We'll get together next time you're in town and uh, looking forward to the race co- upcoming on Sunday. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Tony. Anytime.